Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is Joey. Hey, how's it going? And this is the show where two friends exchange their thoughts on a movie or a video game or some other work and sometimes we play music and movie clips and stuff. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Untraceable. It's a website. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. It's extremely sophisticated. And as long as it's source streaming site as a ghost, it's untraceable. This guy can invite the whole world to help him kill Miller or anybody else he wants, and there's not a goddamn thing we can do about it. This is a thriller. Directed by Gregory Hoblet. Cast includes Martha Kent, Tom Hanks' son, Discount John Stamos, Ted Beneke, and Mitchell Pritchett. I watched this movie on YouTube. Joey, how did you watch it? I watched it on a DVD I got from Blockbuster. Wow, you went to Blockbuster for this one? Yes, uh, six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is this one of the ones where you bought it from Blockbuster, or was it a rent that you loved so much you just couldn't return it, so you decided to keep it? When I used to work at Blockbuster, right before I left, I bought like six or seven movies, and this was one of them. Oh, nice. And it still has the Blockbuster tape on it, and it still has a little thing on the side that says, uh, DRA for drama. That's how it was classified. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, and and, and, uh, and if you plug it in, one of the first things in there is saying how cool Blu-rays are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just lost all of our uh, Gen Z listeners. Like once they they're like, I have no idea what he's talking about anymore. So might as well tune out. That's really cool though. I I have we famously have one blockbuster like keeper. Uh, in our library at home, my parents do uh, the Master of Disguise. That was oh, such a, really? that movie was such a hit with us that we just kept it and like we paid whatever Blockbuster like demanded to let us keep it. But like it's still in just like the Blockbuster rental box. Like it that's says awesome. Master of Disguise down the side, and that's it. Yeah, you'll notice if it's a Blockbuster uh, box because it has a little hole in the bottom for like where the where the lock is. Yeah, because you can't open it without that little thing. I remember doing that. I had to like I got really good at like putting it down and pulling the thing out like one hand. That's such a cool thing to have in your like background. That just gives me like a, what a fun fact that'll be for the rest of your life. Anyways, <laughs> this is this podcast is about Untraceable, not Blockbuster. So Joey, why don't you give us the synopsis for Untraceable? A sadistic young adult shows the world the awful power of live streaming. Truly, it's something that we are bear witness to each and every day, but this movie really makes a point out of it. Um, <laughs> let's get started with our pros and cons, Joey. What did you like about Untraceable? Um, I think it's a really interesting premise. It has some pretty memorable death traps. Um, Diane Lane is fantastic. Uh, she's like really well cast in this movie. Um, and the others are, are good enough. Um, and there's a pretty solid mystery, at least until they um, reveal the killer. Yeah, I actually, I agree with that. I like the way that the mystery kind of starts really ambiguous and then it's like swirls or spirals until it goes right to the people we've been paying attention to until the whole movie. Until it's flushed straight down the train. Straight yeah, down perfect. the train. Very good toilet <laughs> parallelism here. Um, I agree with you also that Diane Lane is amazing in this movie. Like, I was honestly blown away by her performance, especially in the way that she responded to Griffin's death. I mean... Talk about believable. Uh, like, yeah. Seriously, way better uh, acting than this movie like called for. And <laughs> I think she... I just want to give her all the praise that I can. She did amazing. Um, I also like this as a interesting kind of what if, what if premise for a movie. What if there was a website where if you watched people, you were like 
an accomplice to the murder. Uh, I also think the movie was perfect length. It didn't. It never got stale. Like it, it, it ramped up. It ramped up, and then ended when it should have. Because yeah, and it's and it's kind of abruptly. Abruptly, but also before the premise gets to a point where we're bored with it, because this isn't. Well, and we'll talk more about that. But I just thought that the length was was fine, and also. I, <laughs> I'm glad that this wasn't saw level torture that we saw. Um, I mean, it was still pretty graphic, but it definitely stopped at a certain point uh, where it it could have been much worse. So I was happy about that. Let's move on to the cons. And honestly, for me, the biggest thing is the kind of the hypocritical message behind this movie where they're like wagging their finger at you saying like, hey, like audiences love uh, torture porn and that's bad. Now, here's a whole movie about torture porn where we show <laughs> that to you. OK, um, I I also just didn't want to watch torture porn. Like I didn't want to watch people die like this. <laughs> it wasn't that I had no clue. That's what I was stepping into. Um, so personally that's a that's a con for me also there, at times there was pretty bad acting in this movie um which kind of took away from it but also just once again showed how amazing diane lane is that she's able to still be amazing around some of the lack of talent so what didn't you like about this movie joey i think some some of the script is a little weak there's some parts that just didn't really make sense like like they never really quite explained why he went after diane lane and why they were targeting colin hanks like at the beginning of the movie he talks about like how that he's like playing with them you know and he's he's like trying to get the the cyber crimes attention um but like they're not that uh like they're they're not that as um explicitly as responsible as the other people that he's killing in the story um and much like our killer the script seems to run of ideas right around the one hour mark especially that very last death trap uh, <laughs> this is not well thought out at all uh, compared to the other ones so it's uh it, yeah it kind of falls apart near the end okay well let's get into our overall and kind of explore these ideas a little bit more in detail uh and i'm gonna get us started by saying that when i sat down to watch this movie i was expecting a crime drama i try not to look too much into the movies that we're watching especially if i haven't seen them before i just you know dive right in get that uh let the movie show me what it's about not trailers or wikipedia descriptions or whatever and so yeah, I was ready to sit down and watch a crime drama, maybe about tech, you know, untraceable. And the first thing is watching a cat die stuck to like a rat trap paper. That is not what I wanted to see, dude. That like <laughs> 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 I was having such a good weekend up until that point. <laughs> and um, my question is just why did you want? Obviously, you knew it was in this movie, so why did yes. you want to do an episode about it? Okay, so I got so. I was thinking about movies we should do because we had like a, a couple of weeks break between movies. And then I watched this movie, watched this video on YouTube from Sarah Z uh, or Sarah Zed, who I think you, you know her about. Yeah, her. She I, does I, video follow, essays. I follow her I, uh, on Twitter, actually, as well she as does, on YouTube. She made a movie. She made a movie. She made a video recently about why Friday was made. The, the music video Friday uh, with Re Rebecca Black. You got to get down on Friday. To, uh, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she talks about like the attention economy. And like the responsibility of viewers and it made me think about this movie because um, this movie is always kind of the back of my head when I'm talking thinking about vira virality okay um, okay and so that kind of got my thinking I think oh this would be a perfect thing to talk about um, because it's just as relevant today as it was when it first came out right which was so. in 2008 which in the big yes. scheme of things is pretty early in like the online viewer uh, 
economy, I guess. And I feel like there's some things it gets right and some things that it kind of touches on that it's, uh, it's a little interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like this movie. I think it's uh, a great high concept film. Um, and I, like for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's super easy to explain what happens in this movie. Uh, basically, a serial killer kidnaps people and tortures them while live streaming the torture online. Uh, the death traps are set up so that the more people tune into the stream, the faster the person dies. That's essentially the entire movie. There's some other stuff that happens, but like honestly, it's not it's not nearly as important as like as understanding what that is. And I feel like this movie does a really great job of staying grounded. Like the stakes aren't super high. The guy is threatening just a single city, but it's broadcast around the country. So it kind of has this feeling of being a national crisis without all the complex exposition required to kind of get to that point. Um, and the technology is like, is fictionally robust, but, and the numbers are exaggerated, but the infrastructure necessary to do something like this really does exist. They use real computer terms and they're dealing with real computer problems. Like. What did you think about that first scene where you see Diane Lane sitting in the computer talking about how she backdoor Trojaned into that guy's computer that she was trying to, uh, who was doing that hacking scheme with the uh, uh, pirated music? Well, I, I want to be clear. I don't do cybersecurity. I don't do networks professionally. So I don't have like an expert opinion on this stuff. But as from my background, just going to undergrad for computer science, like everything she said may, at least sounded plausible. Yeah. It's all, all of it sound, like she wasn't using like made up terms or anything like gobbledygook, you know? Yeah, but it also didn't sound overly complicated. And, and no. I recognize my own background, but at the same time, when they had that character, uh, what was his name? Uh, the Brooks. I felt like they made Brooks look like a real moron for not understanding yeah. what they were talking about. Because again, I know my own background, but it felt like the way they described things, it was pretty clear. And he's like, all I heard was Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you idiot. <laughs> Pay attention. It's always Russia. Never get away from Russia. I mean, they did say Russians, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was, I, I, that's just the way I felt was that the movie made yeah. these technical terms so clear and understandable that you almost didn't need the clueless, all right, not say it in English character, you know? So, which, exactly. which I, I'm sounding like I'm dissing it, but I think they did a great job of making something that can be confusing and you know a barrier for entry for your audience into something that anyone or yeah. uh, most people should understand the concept is really easy to, to understand and it doesn't and like the technology it's not science fiction a lot of this stuff really does exist the only thing i think that doesn't really exist is like the rotating ip thing but maybe that does i can't really verify sure. or deny that but he like he's continually changing his IP so that like they, no matter what they do it can't shut down the site. It's you know, it's confusing. But I don't I don't know if that really exists or not. But it the rest of it is all like very real and and I really appreciate that because it it kind of puts it more in reality, which I think this movie is trying to make a statement about uh, like our viewership and reality without going into science fiction. Um, speaking of Diane Lane, uh, her she's just excellent. She's a reluctant leader and a caring mother. I really connected with her character and agreed a lot with the decisions she made. She was a strong, like, uh, thriller or horror movie protagonist in that she made conscious, great decisions um, and was, like, constantly active um, in her in her own uh, movie. Um, and it was especially satisfying when she notices that Colin, Colin Hanks is blinking Morris code or when she escapes a death trap at the end. It really feels earned. Um, and you, like, you're really rooting for her the whole movie. Yeah, it was a great protagonist. Just... You know, strong, independent female lead. You know, it's, it's, yeah. and, and the thing is, it never felt, it just felt like she was a great main character. I didn't feel like anyone was making a statement. She's just a, 
like a smart yeah. and uh, you know and capable woman in, in our lead. And honestly, for me, she drives this whole film. I think if you didn't have such a strong performance in the lead, it'd be a lot less enjoyable. Oh, definitely. The death traps and the overall tone of this movie set up its kind of bleak message. The color grading and is dark and has these muted tones that aid the scenes of graphic torture and their brutality. Um, the death traps are, are pretty unique and they're horrible to watch play out, um, as you've mentioned. Uh, but <laughs> they, like, they don't really make sense to me exactly because it's like, uh, you know, these people are never going to survive, right? It's, there's never a chance of them surviving. Like in Saw, there's always like that minute chance that you could get out of this at some horrible cost. Um, but like the torture just ends quicker the more people that visit it So isn't it kind of like a almost mercy to have more people watching? Uh, but it does get the point across I think pretty well, right? I mean you have that one where it's like if no one was watching you'd just be sitting in water, but it's like But if like a handful of people were watching it'd still be bad like <laughs> I would be dying like over a week Yeah, <laughs> so it's like I don't know if this is really better. So that yeah, there's a there's a few flaws in his logic especially because of like his whole motivation behind doing this is I Don't see it feels like he's blaming the wrong people, you know um, but so, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're obviously going to dive into that in detail, but a couple of things I thought were interesting that I, I'm not sure I know the, the real point of, or if they even elaborate on, like, for instance, they block, or he, the online guy, the bad guy blocks foreign traffic to his website. So only Americans can access the site. And obviously this seemed like a setup for commentary on Americans in general. Uh, but it didn't feel like it went beyond that. Like, I don't know, it, they, they're just like, oh, only Americans can watch this. And they never came to some sort of conclusion about that. Yeah, I think they're, I mean, the only other time I could think of that is when they have that quote that's like, um, any American who watches this is an accomplice to murder, you know, like implying that like it's an American problem, I guess. But for, first of all, he would never get those numbers uh, without an international audience. But second of all, like, uh, it's not even clear if that's what's continuing to happen in that first in the first one where he's with the cat It's only a couple like maybe a hundred thousand a couple ten thousand people watch it and then he's limiting it to Americans in the second one and they never bring it up again So it's almost like is the, is the later ones gonna be international and he just limited that second one to you know uh, Close IPs. I have no idea. So yeah, that, that felt like it was it felt like this set up for some sort of harsh commentary on American culture, but I, I never came to any sort of satisfying conclusion. Um, the other one that I thought was worth talking about was the decision that our resident idiot, Richard Brooks, decides to have <laughs> a press conference about the site, which I think is an interesting point of contention because something bad is happening and the, the authorities should be saying, like, we have you know the situation under control to a certain extent, but they didn't. You know, there's nothing they could do about it. So from my perspective, it just seemed like a bad choice. But I can also understand, like, trying to still seem like the authority figure in the situation, you know? I don't know. What did you think? I don't know. Like, what's the point of that? Like, I feel like the FBI especially is pretty careful about what they release, you know? They're like, we should not promote any sort of terrorism whatsoever, you know? Like... There was that whole thing with like releasing the the Unabomber's uh, manifesto about whether that would encourage more people to act like him, and um, 
like but but then the they were also like arguing that if they did that they'd be able to figure out who who did it because someone would come forward and recognize the like the language in the in the manifesto but they um but like there's no way to know like what the actual impact is going to be but for something like this i mean it's the classic example of the the streisand effect right the more you try to, to suppress something online the more it builds up um and although they make a emotional appeal saying like like you don't have to go watch this like nobody like keep people away from this this is horrible nobody like you're all you're doing is encouraging him uh, that's not gonna all it's gonna do is make more people aware of it and more people are going to go after it to seek it um maybe in spite of you but maybe just because they're curious well yeah but i i mean think about other things we don't want people to look at on the internet right there's you yeah. know explicit content with minors in it that we definitely don't want people to look at. We don't want to encourage the activity at all. So what if we made it like that? <laughs> We're like, hey, if we catch you looking at this, you're getting put on that list too. Like you're going to get the that's same treatment. That's kind of true though. Like that is how it works. <laughs> well, and that's the kind thing. Of. I feel like they didn't push that hard enough because that would have really made a statement that people are like, I'm willing to get my own life ruined so that I can help watch this person but die. But also like it's impossible to trace people watching it. You know, which I think is maybe the second meaning of this movie is like the people that are really responsible, which are the people viewing it. It's impossible to figure out who they are or like get any deeper than maybe their usernames. You know, it's just an impossible task. There's millions of people watching it, going through all of those IP addresses and trying to figure out who they are, especially people are using VPNs or, you know, bouncing their IPs around. Like it's just not, it's just not feasible. Well, sure, but just to try to stop them, you know, not necessarily to say it will happen to you, but it's like yeah but also if the fbi came out with a press conference that said hey everyone stop watching child <laughs> pornography do you think that would stop people from doing it i guess how when did they first like announce to the public that that's bad you know like obviously what wait, obviously wait, what? child <laughs> pornography is bad right but at one point did did they get the message across that like here are the dire consequences of actually looking at that stuff you know Probably when people get arrested. Because there's plenty of bad things you can look at on the internet, but they don't all have the same repercussions for the people seeking them out. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think that that has existed as long as porn has existed, and the people who've there's probably always been laws about it too. Well, sure, but people, you have to at least for the sake of the film, the story, you have to make that announcement that looking at this is a crime, right? So how do they get how do they get that out without promoting the site? Because uh, I feel like it's a necessary evil to at least establish that doing this is, a, in the eyes of the law, bad. It is wrong to do this. It's not a moral decision that you get to make. We have decided that it's bad, so you are actively breaking the law by doing this. I feel like that has to be maybe at, Maybe not during a torture. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. Okay. After it's over, they point. announce what happened, and then they say, if this happens again... This is the consequences right. if we catch it. And I still think, again, like there's plenty of things you can do online anonymously that are bad that we try to still catch people doing, right? So, and I feel like this would be another one. I feel like it would be a great way like to... Ha like If you... I know just saying you're an accomplice to murder is bad enough, but like if they were specific, they're like, we, there's no way we'll catch all of you, but we will catch some of you and we'll ruin <laughs> your life. So don't risk it, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Yeah. If I was... I think Brooks is just an idiot from the beginning. So if I was in his position, I, I think I could have done... I could have handled this a little bit better. Okay. Which is not saying That's much. Um, <laughs> also, okay, one last thing before we move on to our Easter eggs section. Griffin, the way that he gets kidnapped is he falls for this voice changer for this girl he's going on a date with. 
dude, come on. Like, it was, <laughs> like, you could tell for sure that it was, I thought it was a voice recording. I thought when they showed what was actually happening behind the computer, that it wouldn't be a voice, like, modulator. I thought it was going to be one of those, uh, like, keyboards that they have where each key is a different phrase, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you'd hear her say the same phrase twice, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be hot. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> But he fell for it, and I know the way he died was super graphic. But honestly, if you fell for that phony voice changer, dude, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, natural selection still like applies here. So I'm sorry, Tom Hanks's son. Um, also, Tom Hanks's son, dude. I think this is my first time seeing him in a movie, and um, really, TBH. I, I don't know. I can't make a conclusion. You haven't it. seen the House Bunny? I have not seen the House Bunny. You haven't seen House Bunny? Wait, is that that movie about like Playboy? Or is it like uh, it's Playboy reference? Girl, she's like she was from the Playboy Mansion. Then she goes to college and joins a sorority, and the sorority's for like a bunch of little kids. Or not sorry, like that little kids. I mean like uh, misfits, and she like teaches them to be confident. No, it actually sounds kind of wholesome. It is. Did you see Jumanji? The new Jumanji? No, is he in that? Yeah. Oh, Dan, they're making a second one of that. I've heard it's good. I just haven't gotten around to it. Anyways, yes. Um, I felt bad for the people in the traps. But I felt slightly less bad for Tom Hanks' son after that was the way he got kidnapped. Well, I gotta, I definitely gotta mention. Uh, there's this guy I watch on YouTube, and he has a, a Twitch uh, stream too called Kit Boga. Uh, he does, um, uh, what's it called? Tech support, like scam baiting, where he'll call scammers and um, and like waste their time. And he has like an amazing array of voice cha- voices that he uses. And he has a voice changer that makes him sound like a woman, a voice changer that makes him sound like an old lady. And the old lady one, like, if you hear it, it's like, it sounds very, like, gravelly. Like, it sounds like it's through a phone. But through a phone, it sounds like an old lady. Like, no one can ever tell. And when he changes his voice back, the, the people on the other line are always so confused. Like, hey, put her back on. Hey, where'd she go? He's like, that's me. That's me. You've been talking to me the whole time. So, yeah, like... I, I've seen the voice changer work on many, many people. Yeah, so but this I, one wasn't very convincing. Off. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because it's maybe back in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe I'm being harsh. But um, also, wait, who was that content creator? That you said uh, Kit Boga. Kit Boga. I've, I've been thinking about this lately, like having a online name versus having like just a normal name, because some of my favorite content creators have like a al- alternate name that they go by, that b- more people know them by than their real name. You know. Sure. So I, I'm, but I feel like we might be too late in the game. This is episode seventy-one. <laughs> Can't force a nickname. It is hard to force a nickname, but some people just choose it. It's like a username, you know. It's uh, yeah. And no, it, I understand. Like uh, one of my, I don't really watch him stream all that much, but I follow. Have you heard of Pay Money Wubby? Yes. I think that he's hilarious, and part of the reason why I think he's successful is because pay money is in his name. Like he's <laughs> he's trying. I mean, because he hustles hard. Like he every video, he's like, "I'm live on Twitch right now." It, it doesn't matter when you're watching the video; that might be true, you know. And it's like it's a good way to monetize yourself. Anyways, um, so if you're looking for a reason to call us up on our voicemail, <laughs> suggest names. Suggest for, na- yeah, for online Benjamin. names for us. Yeah. Um, just call us up, uh, 833-600-2428. Yes, that's 833-600-CHAT. All right. Okay, good mid-roll ad right there as we move on to our cool Easter eggs. Uh, you have some actual Easter eggs I'm really interested to hear about. I have one that's more of a farce. Um, <laughs> my, so remember when she downloads that horse computer game that she thinks is What was is it stupid? called? Horses with a Z? 
I don't remember what it was called, but <laughs> the thing is, in movies, especially older movies, I feel like they portray video games so poorly because it's like a fringe entertainment thing to a lot of people, I, I, I guess. In 2008, I was playing hella video games. So I don't know what they're doing, but the horse video game only has three like or four icons on the screen. It's a, clearly a computer game, but the four icons are taken <laughs> straight from a PlayStation controller. It's like, did you even try? Like, maybe that's the thing. It's like, that's why it's a Trojan is because it like... It's not literally a horse game? <laughs> that actually, I didn't notice, but that's kind of funny. But it's also because it's... It pretends on the outside it like looks to be a computer game, but on the inside it's clearly a PlayStation One game. So I just thought I was, maybe she's playing on an emulator. Maybe, but <laughs> I don't think that little girl knew that much about computers. Maybe I'm assuming. I'm assuming now. Um, oh, but no, I just wanted so to funny. point out that a computer game it couldn't even get it right for the two seconds that it was on screen because it's obviously a PlayStation game. So uh, cool Easter yeah. egg right there. I was uh, I was scrolling through IMDb, which is how I found all these Easter eggs, um, and uh, there was a bunch of gaffs or like goofs and gaffs in there. And one of them they mentioned was a horse game, but there were so many other ones where like people they calculated people's names wrong or not their names wrong, their their ages wrong because they said that they were born on one date and then said how old they were. Um, they had all sorts of just like uh, like in, inconsistencies with like the dates and everything too, but it was fine. Yeah, they were really, really not, they, they, research. honestly, yeah, the, none of that was really that noticeable. The only thing that was like, I wish I had noticed because it's actually pretty hilarious is uh, when they were showing the chat logs uh, for the stream, whenever someone would comment something, it would say greater than one minute ago instead of less than one minute ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Imagine anyway. being a programmer who doesn't understand like, how to correctly use greater than or less than. <laughs> 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 really though okay uh so the the site that this whole thing is like placed on the fictional site in the movie is called www.killwithme.com and currently you could buy it for yourself for only seventy five hundred dollars uh so if you're interested in a um a like weird reference to this obscure movie uh you can get it for yourself for the low low price of just $7,500. Um, it was a real site when the movie came out um, and was used to promote the movie. There was some sort of puzzle game um, uh, associated with it. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I, don't, I, never, I couldn't actually play it. Uh, I just kind of got a brief description of it, but it was like a bunch of little point-and-click adventures essentially associated with the movie. So uh, that's kind of cool. Well, um, well, yeah, that'd be an interesting one to buy to host your email on. It's like, so where can, you're like applying for a lease or at an apartment. And they're like, okay, so where can we send the copy of the lease? Uh, just send it to, uh, you know, like, you know, affable ch or Benjamin at killwithme.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that for? Oh, I, I, I'm a live streamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you live stream? Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, another great Easter egg. Uh, Colin Hanks is serial dater character mentions Peggy the uh, secretary as an upcoming date. Date. This is a nod to Hanks's appearance in Mad Men. Uh, Hanks plays Father John Gill, a priest who becomes acquainted with Peggy the secretary, played by Elizabeth Moss. So, okay, now there. Reference. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't. I regrettably haven't seen Mad Men. Me um, either. But uh, people on IMDb were able to help us out here. There was also a hotel room that uh, Jennifer Marsh stayed in, which was room 237, which is a, re a reference to the room uh, in The Shining, where spooky things happen. 
Well, I, I, uh, yeah, good timing with this movie, by the way, because we're getting right into Spooktober. So, uh, yes, get a little early spooky, scare spooky. this year. That's right. Boo. Uh, the the newscasters in the film were actually real people from Portland, Oregon's uh, KPTV Fox Twelve, um, and they play themselves in the film. Um, they're all named too, which is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, just uh, they they got real newscasters for this to add a little bit of realism to it, but what? only if you live in Oregon, I guess. <laughs> Wasn't like channel 12 the channel that like didn't have great ratings but they were the ones that got the suicide uh, tape so they were like exploiting this guy's suicide for for views maybe it was I'm, it? I'm pretty sure that was them that was like the thing that set them apart because they were like well it's working for us so we're going to keep showing it and then as a courtesy they showed it one last time at the end which like really pissed him off so you know Props to them for willing to show themselves in such a negative light. I guess so. I mean, this movie is not very, very uh, charitable to the press. So, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, do you want to move on to our quotes? Yes, let's do some quotes. Listen, I understand what you're going through is very difficult. All right. But you're making it worse by talking to the press. Okay, don't talk to the press. Do you understand me? Listen to me. Don't talk to the press and stay off the computer, okay? So this is uh, Billy Burke's character talking to uh, one of the wives of the victims, um, and it, he's telling her not to talk to the press, which uh, I, I think this movie has a lot to say about the press's involvement in acts of terror like this. Um, it's interesting because normally you hear kind of bad things directed toward the internet community um, and their promotion of, say, violence or torture or whatever uh, is popular right now. But... This movie uh, says that they're not the only ones responsible. There's also a big, it's just the media in general, especially American media, that promotes this kind of material um, and gets these, gets, uh, makes a crime like the, what's predicted in this movie uh, possible. Yeah. It's interesting. No, it is. And it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know who holds the, the press accountable other than the viewers. I mean, obviously there are laws and stuff they can't do, but it's more of a gray area as to like what you should be giving press time to, right? Because you have to decide, yeah, this is news, but is it making it worse if we promote it as news? Right. And there's like this whole thing now about like not uh, not showing the face or the the name of like serial killer or ma mass shooters or anything because they feel like that's uh, giving them any sort of notoriety, gives them... Um, uh, makes them into heroes for the people that might want to emulate them. Instead, there's kind of a focus on the survivors or the uh, the victims of the of the tragedy and people who are heroes during uh, you know a time of crisis, uh, which is I think is a, a very positive spin on it. But it's still like simply covering that uh, the news or covering anything like that is going to make um, people kind of more aware of it, make people maybe want to um, you know inc maybe encourage it in some weird way. Well, I, so. I think that that's a good policy to not give the the perpetrator any sort of notoriety make sure that they're unknown don't show their photo all that stuff but that definitely doesn't happen they still do show their face even on social media people will just like share this man's face like this is the face of hate we hate this person like make sure you like and share so that everyone can see how much we hate this person who yeah. previously was totally anonymous <laughs> until he did something atrocious and if you also want to be not anonymous anymore make sure that you also go kill a bunch of people because that's what you'll get is notoriety so I, right. I wish we were better about that it's i think it's something that a lot of people agree on but it's definitely not something that happens everywhere definitely not and i think i think it's just uh i don't know it's it's it's, it's a it's hard to say like 
how much of an impact that really has. But uh, there's definitely a responsibility by the press to like show things in certain amounts of like a certain distance, you know, showing first, like giving the full context, but not, uh, not showing it to the point where it's, um, you know, encouraging other people or, or romanticizing something, you know, but the fact is that they make their money off of big tragedies like this, you know, the, this kind of stuff is why people tune into the news. That's why like whenever like a hurricane rolls through the weather channel gets super excited and they like update all their graphics and they have like all this stuff is like hurricane Dorian coming in for landfall. And it's like a freaking like action movies happening because they know everyone's watching them right now. And they know that it's like the highest ratings are going to get is because something bad's about to happen. Yeah. That's like when one of those situations, like, we talk, I feel like we've talked a lot about capitalism on this podcast the last few episodes, but um, there are times where it's like a happy like capitalism exchange where, you know, for instance, a lot of content creation is like someone who enjoys making content, creates something, and then a whole bunch of people who enjoy viewing that content get to watch it. It's like a little happy exchange. You know, everybody gets yeah. what they want out of that situation. This is a situation where capitalism says you know, people will, you'll be rewarded if you show this, you know, so then that pushes the media companies to show that more, but it leads to these terrible consequences. You know, it's like something they're doing it for the benefit. Like at the end of the day, they're doing it uh, for their bottom line, but there are more things to consider than just the bottom line. Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm, let's move on to my next quote. Actually, let's skip this one for now and move on to the next one. Uh, Cause the, t what you just said ties into directly to that. So any visit to this site, no matter how brief, will only serve to hasten the victim's death. Any American who visits the site is an accomplice to murder. We are the murder weapon. First of all, this is a pretty good tagline for the movie. Uh, yes, but yes, it is. Second of all, this is this is kind of the whole this is kind of the moral question of the whole thing. Should you watch responsibly? How responsible for you are you? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. How do I say this? Um, the content that you watch, how responsible are you for it? Well, yeah, yeah, sense? no, definitely. It's like a nice little piece of personal advocacy that I think, um, you know, and our generation has to worry about for the first time. There's not just four channels that you're choosing between now. It's so many things that rise to relevance based on who's <laughs> watching. Yeah, and this is what Sarah, Z Sarah Zed gets to in her, her video too, is about how like ultimately uh, our kind of collective hatred of something cringy like like Friday uh, is what drove it to popularity and what drove that company that 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 made that uh, that song to try to replicate its success by making purposely cringy songs over and over again and kind of exploiting these uh, these little girls who wanted to sing for a living um, it's kind of a it's almost a vicious cycle but it's it's this like the kind of default state that we have that we like to share things that are that make us angry i recently watched a wisecrack video about this there's a great cgp gray video about this about how like angry uh content that makes you outraged or angry makes you more likely to share it and therefore people are more likely to make it um and the more you uh, kind of indulge in that the more stuff is going to be like that. And the more you're going to see things blown out of proportion when really like maybe the outrage is not justified. Sure. Yeah. And, and maybe you wouldn't, the thing that you're outraged about wouldn't even exist anymore if you, your reaction to uh, your own outrage was something different, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're, whether you like it or not, you're promoting it by participating, by engaging. Right. That's the thing is like down, like 
people are like, oh, well, you know, we're going to downvote this post. We're going to dislike the, the YouTube rewind. It's like, you guys understand what you're doing. You're still engaging with it. You're still giving it views. You're still giving it engagement. Like you're not doing, you're not doing what you think you're doing. Like maybe you're just, you're displaying your, dis, your distaste in a certain way, but you're certainly kind of encouraging people to try to replicate what, what you're seeing here. You know, it's, and you're like, your promotion of a thing, whether you're saying that thing is a bad thing or not, is still a promotion of that thing. It's the, the old adage that there's no such thing as bad press. You know, at a certain point, they, that only promotes growth. A, uh, Logan Paul is a great example. Right after his whole controversy where he filmed a dead body in the forest, you know, like he only made money from that. He went on this whole apology tour and he lost some sponsors and stuff, but it all came back. And he's just just as successful, if not more now, because of that, because he has this controversial thing in his past. So it's it, like, I wouldn't say that what he did there was on purpose to like promote his own brand. I feel like that was just a stupid mistake. But there are companies out there that promote outrage in order to get views, in order to get clicks. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many, th like <laughs> any, any like TMZ and anybody who's just trying to shock you uh i feel like it, it's a it's a it's a model that works well you know yes it does but i do want to kind of bring it back to the film really quick with challenging this statement that we are the murder weapon obviously by some measure you are helping to kill this person at least faster by engaging in the stream but wouldn't they still be dying anyways you know i don't know how many people survive half their body in cement you know, even if no yeah, one well, was watching, he'd still be stuck in cement. And we still have heat lamps on him, at least one or two. Yeah. yeah okay. Like, I think that's where this movie kind of falls apart as a as a execution of a premise, which is why it has such a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has like a 16% um, Rotten Tomatoes. Not the worst movie we've reviewed, actually. Um, Wait, what was worse? Oh, like uh, worst reviewed? Uh, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch has like no, less than 10%. No, Sucker Punch is even worse. That is so backwards. Anyways, <laughs> hold on. Let me check that. Sucker Punch. I can't spell. Uh, oh, no. It's, uh, Sucker Punch is higher. Sucker Punch is 22%. Uh, this movie was uh, 16%. So this might be the worst one we've done. It might be. Rating-wise. I don't know if that right. really holds up. But I don't think it. I don't think the execution there is, is perfect. But I, what I want to ask, really, is like if it was done in a way that that it actually was true, where the more people that watched, the faster this person died, or maybe like the worse this person died, right? You know, the the, the more painful he, the the death was. Uh, you know, would that change your mind about how people are responsible? So, well, I, I thought the last one did a, a little bit better, uh, or like the last, even though it was one of the least creative traps. I thought the last <laughs> trap was um, maybe. The one that made the point the best, okay. Even though she was always lowering, I think even didn't matter who was watching, she was going to be lowering. I thought it would be more interesting. It's like the more viewers we have, the closer she gets to this thing, and the less viewers we have, like the further away she would be. Which obviously wasn't the case, mm. but if it was, you know, if we set this up differently, that I think would have been made a little bit more sense because then she could start getting it, and then the numbers are getting really high, and people are like, "No, I can't do this anymore. I'm logging off to say, try to save her life." And give right. them a choice. Instead, it's like, well, she's dying anyways. Nothing you can do to stop that. She will be dead. Now, do you yes. want to witness that or help it go faster? Or do you want to ignore it and still have it happen? 
So I, right. I felt like the, the, yeah, the concept kind of falls apart. Maybe it's not as engaging to watch somebody who might die as opposed to someone who's dying and then dying more quickly. But I just felt like the, the point he was trying to make wasn't really there because he is the one actually murdering them. Like they're murdering, yes. you're dying anyways. Everyone else, maybe you could say is an accomplice, but it's still him. That's the problem with a lot of these like serial killer like things. It's like, like, oh, I'm giving you a choice. Oh, like, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. Like, uh, I'm only setting it up. I'm not actually pulling the trigger. It's like, like, you're still doing most of the work. Like, you're still putting the situation into place. So, like, trying to deflect blame is, like, very disingenuous. But still, like, I, I still think there's a, there's some value to this idea of, like, the responsibility of the viewer for what happens on screen. And like you, I feel like the, the, there's this idea that like you're completely anonymous or like your view doesn't matter. Like if you watch something, um, all you're doing is like, you know, you're, you're like a small drop in the stream. You're not actually like encouraging anything, but that's not really true. You're still voting with your eyes, you know, and what, your attention is important. Ask any of like advertiser, um, like you, the attention of people, of people is the most important thing right now and, and trying to get people to try to direct people's eyeballs towards certain things is kind of the whole goal of advertising um and it, they want to go where those things are um no matter what yeah no I, and it, it's sometimes disturbing to see what works the things that are most mainstream the things that are most attractive to people and uh, and it's impossible to say that without saying pompous, but like it disgusts me sometimes to see what the things that work that make people be like, all right, this is what the most people are engaging with. For instance, like yeah. like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, like those are the type of guys where I don't even watch their stuff to be like, oh my God, look how garbage it is. I knew it was garbage. I've watched one, I don't even remember which one of the brothers it was, but it, I watched <laughs> one of their vlogs, like a good bit of it. Like yeah. it was like 25 minutes long and I watched like, half of it like jumping around and that was it i was like i'm complicit <laughs> i'm or not right. complicit I mean, i'm an accomplice you feel almost dirty from it like in a well way. yeah because i'm giving him what everyone else is and that's why he's popular so and he can't tell the difference between your view and someone who loves him exactly you. exactly it all goes in the same place and it all continues to perpetuate it so i right yeah i mean it wouldn't exist if it wasn't popular yes and and it's that's the thing uh it's such a destructive cycle of like it exists it causes people to to engage with it because people engage with it more if it exists and then it continues to go in this circle i i think i've brought it up on the podcast before but i did a speech in college about uh clickbait and how yes. it was a personal advocacy speech about how you should not click on clickbait my argument is basically if we all stopped clicking on clickbait then it wouldn't work anymore it wouldn't be clickbait so we can you know get rid of it no, that's never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> there's always going to be new people on the internet. You know, there's always going to be people, there's always going to be suckers well, and who are going to And there's always going to be things, things that some people consider clickbait that other people don't. Like somebody yeah. might be like, you won't, like a, a clickbait article right now for the NFL would be like, you won't believe like these text messages that Antonio Brown <laughs> sent, you know? And yeah. for me, I'm like, that is such, that is so far away from what I care about when it comes to football. But for some people, they might be like, yes, I, my favorite thing about the NFL is the drama that happens off the field. So like seeing that and, and don't and turn around, like texted his coach doo doo, it might actually be content for them, despite the fact that it's clearly clickbait. So it, it, it's, it's unstoppable. Honestly, it's so 
I, I love and hate that about the internet, how it's just honestly who we are and and because there are enough of us and <laughs> yes. we're all anonymous the like truly what we want to see and what we choose to see is going to be the most popular thing it's interesting well it's still shaped a little bit by the platforms itself but it's it is that it is true too like that we kind of we see a reflection of ourselves and that's kind of one of the reasons why i feel like the internet is so weird sometimes and it shows like some of the strangest some of those weirdest things you've ever seen because people are 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 very weird at like deep down um and it's just kind of a, a weird reflection of that but i also feel like it's possible for us to keep that from happening too much you know like i like i i've i've fallen for clickbait i mean it's happened to me but i i don't <laughs> I, I try to learn from it you know i try to like oh i can't trust this anymore you know i i don't believe anything that this is saying therefore i'm not going to click on it and then eventually i realize i'm not clicking on it anymore and i just like dismiss it entirely so it's like i don't know it's i think it's possible to kind of work through a sort of filter and like and be conscious about what you're clicking on and what and what you're encouraging um and in realizing that your attention is valuable um and it's not just something to like throw away right another one is booties on instagram like if you have a if you have a big butt it you will make your instagram more popular by showing that off like if you're in, what was it? Uh, Nerd City did a whole thing about this, but oh, basically yeah. like you can look at it. Any like girl that you know on Instagram, like who make, who curates her Instagram feed to be sometimes about like how attractive she is and sometimes about other stuff. The other stuff is almost always way less popular because if you show, if you like your position, your ass correctly in a photo on Instagram, the the algorithm works for you and you're going to have a lot more engagement. So, uh, and that's just because cause and effect, man, it, it works whether you like it or yeah. not, it works. And, and for me, I don't know. And I try to consciously decide not to follow content creators who don't offer anything else. I'm not going to sit right. here in front. Like I don't follow attractive women on Instagram, but I, I at least try to, if they're not somebody that I know in real life, I at least try to follow the ones that offer content not just yes. like, oh, I'm reading a book in the park, but I'm squatting while reading it <laughs> with my back to you. And I'm just like, oh, this is totally candid, but also who the heck is taking this photo? So I, yeah, it, it's all over the place. It's honestly, it's whether it's people dying on the internet or just butts on Instagram, like it's, it's, we watch what we want to watch. And sometimes we, I feel like we need to think a little harder about what that is. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you just mentioned people dying on the internet. So let's talk about people dying on the internet. This is what I've been excited to talk about. Right? Okay. Um, so uh, here's the quote. You know, if no one was watching right now, you'd just be sitting in water. But the whole world wants to watch you die, and they don't even know you. So um, you've been on Reddit for a long time. Do you, you've heard of watch people die, right? R slash watch people die? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. It's, well, it's currently not, it currently doesn't exist. It was first quarantined and then eventually banned from the internet. So it's it's not a thing that you can find anymore. Um, but it, the the content that used to be on there um, still exists. When, but when watch people die uh, first got quarantined, um, it had 425,000 subscribers. So these are people that said, yes, I want to see this kind of content every time I come on Reddit. Um, <laughs> it's front page. Okay, so this is interesting. This is, the Guardian did a whole article about this. <clears throat> and I want to quote some things from it. So the first one, quote, 
Its first, its front page announces that it's not for grossing people out, but for documenting and observing the disturbing reality of death. The subreddit's mission is reiterated further down the page. This community is intended to observe and contemplate the very real reality of death. We are attempting to provide a service by showcasing this content. And there's a further quote. Uh, I think death and dying are romanticized in movies and TV, read the most upvoted comment. And I think it's important for people to be exposed to the real thing to understand the gravity of the topic. So uh, there's, uh, there's some other things too. There's a, there's a couple of Redditors that they interviewed. One of them uh, said this quote, uh, make me, it makes me feel, the subreddit makes me feel lucky to be alive given all the stupid things that could happen to me. And another one quote, honestly, this is one of the few subreddits that give me a grasp on reality by showing how fragile we all are. Um, and there was also another popular response. Uh, this is not the subreddit it seems like from the outside, right? A popular response. It's not a, uh, a place where we laugh and make fun of people's deaths. The reason we keep coming back to it is because it really shows us how pre precious life is. Uh, the sentiment, sometimes you have to watch someone die to appreciate being alive, is well received. So, this is at least the uh, pro like proposed uh, theory behind r slash watch people die, which if you don't know, is basically a forum where people share videos of people dying. Um, and, and they're not like, oh, someone passing away in their sleep. They're like very horrific things. I read some, I didn't watch any, I can't, I can't stomach that kind of thing. Uh, but I did read some descriptions. There was one where like a teenager uh, um, uh, killed himself with a shotgun and then it's like a, a live stream and there's a 30 minute like waiting period when and then his mom walks in and finds oh him. jesus horrible. christ yeah. dude <laughs> like there's so many of these examples of just like people dying in the most horrific ways um and it's showcased on on the subreddit um there's a lot of things uh, a lot of a lot of the con people on there the moderation stuff uh, like argue that this is not something that affects them uh it's just more content on the internet it's just something that people find interesting um uh but some people of course like myself included find it kind of repulsive uh I, it's kind of just this like very weird thing that we're we're fascinated by uh but that we don't uh, deal with very directly yeah i'll admit it uh, even though i like just like the subreddit, I kind of didn't want to watch the people die in this movie. Um, I didn't want to indulge in either, <laughs> but I do have morbid curiosity, just like anybody else. I have some friends who are in med school now, very big brain friends, and my first question I asked them because, um, like at this point, they're deep into it. Like they've been yeah. pursuing their medical career for a while, and there's a lot of years of that. But my favorite thing to ask them about is, what's it like watching people die? And they always have interesting stories about like people who showed up yesterday as just alive. Yeah. And then today there's like, you know, their heated moment and then they die. Just it, it is it is interesting. Even if you're not, you know, trying to watch horrible, horrible deaths, just the idea of somebody being alive one moment and dead the next, it's bizarre. It's it's almost incomprehensible as a living thing, because you it's hard to imagine what's next. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the argument that the Guardian makes is that like, if they were really just showcasing people dying and like showing, like, having people kind of confront this reality of life, um, that would be one thing. But they're they're kind of they're going with like the clickbait kind of version of this. Like, what's the most graphic thing? What's the most you know uh, disturbing thing in a way? That's what people are going to click on. But uh, like, if you take this argument at face value, that like. Um, you know, maybe we should be more more well acquainted with death. Um, I feel like that's that is kind of a good 
like lesson to take away. Yeah, but you know, it's all about how you do that. I think the sentiment again is something that a lot of people could agree with. But do I really need to watch a mom walk in thirty minutes after her son just blew himself away? Don't need to. I don't think no. so. No, I I certainly don't need it. I don't need to cry that much, you know. <laughs> Dude, no. I mean, even just hearing about that is freaking traumatic. I know. Well, reading about it is. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So um, a couple of other examples of like whether people find this uh, compelling. And, and the answer is, of course, yes. There's a video from 2016 that has 18 million views. And it claims to be a video about people of five people dying. I don't know if the uh, if the content this is on YouTube. I don't know if the uh, videos are real or not. I didn't actually watch the video because I, again, can't stomach the kind of thing. Um, and there's also a forum I found called documentaryreality.com uh, that shows real death videos. Some, many have uh, hundreds of thousands of views. Some have a couple million over a few days. Uh, so it's a very popular forum and it does get a lot of attention. So there is a, you could say a market. You could, there, there is a, uh, a desire for watching people uh, be killed um, or watching people die. Um, so it, from that perspective alone, this movie kind of nails it. Um, in that if, if someone set up, if a serial killer set up some sort of death trap device, uh, he would definitely get an audience of some magnitude. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair conclusion to draw. Okay. Uh, all right. So the next quote is mine. Look out the front window under that street light. That's where my father's body fell over the railing. Some websites show the whole thing in slow motion because it's just so much better that way. One archives it in a section called Woe. That's it. Just Woe. You and the people you work with, you've let people say and do almost anything they want and it doesn't matter who it hurts. Okay, so this is like tough guy speech. I'm sure he practices a bunch of times before making this phone call, but come on, dude. that You know that's not true. Nothing you're saying here um, is her fault. It was the local news that showed the, the video too much, and then it was people online who were sharing it who her job is to stop those people. Like she's the one who's going out and stopping those types of people, and the fact that she can't stop you should give you some reason to be forgive, like forgiving, saying like, well, they can't stop me. Why should I expect them to stop these other people? Plus, on top of all of that, his father would still be dead even if no one watched him commit suicide. So I, like, he's really projecting here and honestly <laughs> losing a lot of like villain cool points by being so oblivious to his own situation. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, I, f I feel like his, his connection to Diana Lane and Colin Hanks in this movie are, is pretty tenuous at best. Um, and his justification really isn't, I mean, justification for killing anyone is, is going to be bad in general, but justification here is, is not great. Um, Although the guy who like sold the glasses, like I was like, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty disrespectful. Like oh, somebody yeah. committed suicide and their glasses land on top of your building. You're like, oh, that's 10 bucks for me. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you almost, I mean, at that point you're like, okay, like maybe he deserves to have his cat killed. Like that's, that's a low level, like uh, amount of tragedy that you could deal with uh, for, for, you know, per per perpetuating something like this. So, but it also just seems oh, sort of justified. like yeah, a random, random occurrence that happened in relation to something traumatic, but not really 
it, it, it for me he's not yeah he's not directly responsible. yeah it, it's you're blaming a lot of people who aren't responsible for this and it really seems like the problem you had was that your father committed suicide not that anybody else had anything to do with it who caused him to commit suicide what what led up to that you're only gonna look after the fact come on man yeah well maybe that's the problem maybe you know maybe he feels responsible and so he's taking it out on other people I don't know. That, none of that is supportive. In the well, that, in, even if that is the reason, yeah, it's like he's not doing a very good job of, uh, you know, expressing that. No, that's true. Um, yeah, I was not super happy with, I like with um, Owen, uh, Joseph Cross. Uh, he was kind of, he was really cartoonish in his villainy. Um, like as soon as you meet him, you know, he's the villain. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't really appreciate that. I, I would have liked a mystery that it had more intrigue to it, but as soon as you see him, you know who he is and what he's doing. So, yeah. Um, the, the only other thing is like this whole idea of like, uh, people don't care, I guess, or like, it, it's just like another drop in the stream of, of like death videos. Um, cause it, you know, it's not even significant. It's just, it's just, whoa. Um, it, it's, I don't know. It's a, uh, I guess it's more of a projection in his own case, right? It, it, he's kind of making his own, um, uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this. So he's trying, he's trying to make this, uh, into a, uh, a bigger deal than, um, uh, than it, it ever was. Well, I know? mean, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to have it both For ways. He's yeah. like, this should have been private. This shouldn't have been shown to so many people. But also, when they showed it to people, they, they acted like it wasn't even that impressive. Like, come on. He did, <laughs> he did a side flip. Like, don't just label it whoa. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what is your point here, man? Yeah. All right. I got the last, last quote. Oh, actually, first, let's go back to my other quote, uh, which is another example of things that don't make sense in this movie. Todd! Isn't that your dad? The guy is watching uh, the execution on his um, on his flip phone, on his sideways flip phone, um, and he recognizes the uh, the person in the film or in the on, on the camera uh, as his friend's dad. And his reaction is not like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't believe this is happening to someone I know." It's like, "Todd, <laughs> isn't that your dad?" <laughs> Yeah, it's less like a horrified, like, oh, no, this is someone I know. Like, this is really hitting home right now. It's more yeah. like, like, dude, isn't that your dad? Like, oh, my God. How embarrassing that, like, your dad is <laughs> yeah. on this website right now, dude. Oh, my God. What is he doing there? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, come All on, right. dad. Dad, like, you did it again. Always embarrassing me showing up where I don't want you to, like, show up. Like... <laughs> Oh, brother. All right. My last quote. You see, soon, executions will be delivered live to our TVs, our computers, our phones, our handhelds. And it won't cost much. Maybe 10 bucks. Millions of eyes, all watching the same thing at the same time. One big happy family. And all of it brought to you by... They'll have no trouble finding sponsors. 
So my question here is, would advertisers be on board for a kind of live execution style like show? Um, and at first glance, I would say no, but then I quickly changed my mind when I was thinking about this and thought, yeah, actually they probably would. As, lo as long as it was done well, as long as it had like some charming host and like this, the form like uh, maybe Tosh.0 or uh, The Soup, you know, who's, who's, who's a, an audience surrogate who's taking you along in this journey of death. Like if it's dressed up in the right way, I feel like lots of people would tune in and um, advertisers would want to be where the eyeballs are. So I, I think there's some truth to this. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The way you dress it up would be interesting. Have you seen that uh, episode of Black Mirror where they have the like people who basically get to witness this person waking up and not knowing where they are and being like totally terrified yes. and basically like hunted down the whole time? Like it's not the actual death that they're witnessing, but they're witnessing like something bad happening to some a perceived bad person. So I think that, yeah, you could definitely have that go over well, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's this kind of idea that like, advertisers are really concerned with like family-friendly content or like trying to shy away from stuff that's kind of edgier but i really don't like really believe that that argument is made in good faith i feel like advertisers are only making that argument to squeeze more money out of the platforms that they're, they're trying to get out of it um, and try to like strong arm people uh and i, I like I, it's hard for me to believe that a lot of these big brands have some sort of like integrity or moral value that they're trying to impose on the rest of the world uh, but it's important that they have that viewpoint to the rest of the world that like the uh the public believes that that's why they're doing it um in order for them to effectively strong arm other like, big companies into giving them more money or, or letting them spend less i guess right so, but it also i think that you know it depends on what you're thinking to advertise right like yeah uh, it it just has to fit like if they used like a certain brand of sledgehammers, like Black and Decker, like Skull Wrecker sledgehammers, like and like that's how they execute some of the people is by smashing them with this hammer. Like people might be like, "This hammer's brought to you by." Well, yeah, and it's like, dang, like Black and Decker builds quality stuff. Like, look how many skulls they crushed with that hammer this week. Like, maybe that's enough for me to go Black and Decker next time I buy. It. Like, they sponsor my favorite show where they kill all the bad guys. Like, I, I, uh, yeah, go, yeah, that, or whoever it is. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I, or even Tide could get in on it and it's like, we killed this murderer, like, it, and he was wearing this white t-shirt. Now look at it. Oh, I thought you were like, going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we, we poisoned him with Tide pods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'd be hilarious. But uh, we fed this murderer 10 Tide pods and then, to see what and happens. then threw him into the washing machine. <laughs> Yeah. When in when he came out, his clothes were absolutely spotless and they smelled great. So like <laughs> I honestly, dude, I, I know that we're kind of getting into like the idiocracy level of, of these ideas, but I don't think there's any hard barrier be between what we currently do and what we could do if watching executions ever became viable. Advertisers yeah, would like I mean there's up. certainly a market for it. That that's certainly true. Okay. It wouldn't be me, though, dude. It wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be watching. I don't think I could do it just, It's too gross. Uh, maybe when I was in middle school and I had a little bit more morbid curiosity, that was back when I was more into watching Saw. Yeah. Not today. I got enough to worry about without having to watch people die. <laughs> but, um, Joey, I think you know what time it is. Did you just check your watch? I did check my watch to see. 
I hope we're synchronized because you know what you know the time is for us to go a little deeper. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So the thing I want to talk about is um, live stream records. So this movie uh, claims to get like. Uh, millions and millions of views, uh, all allegedly from Americans. Oh yeah, they had like fifty um, million uh, in the last one. I don't think it, I don't think it goes that high. I think it goes closer to thirteen. I was right. No, numbers. no, Joey, it easily surpasses twenty-five million before the even the last one. Really? Yes. Because okay. if you if you zoom in, let me. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up right now. If you like <laughs> on the you know the final screen where it zooms in to show like the yes, chat log. Yes, yes. If you go to that scene, I'm pretty sure. Um, they're in like a they have like a huge number. Hold on, analyzing. Hold on, analyzing. Getting closer. Enhance. Enhance. I'm actually enhance. I'm hitting enhance though. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody commented, "Pussy getting beat up by a woman." And she has a gun. Yeah, it's in the 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 final scene of the movie has fifty million six hundred fifty nine thousand two hundred and twenty eight viewers, and it's going up. So that would shatter any sort of like current um records for concurrent viewership um it's it's hard to know whether that number is like total number of viewers or like total number of people that are watching right now like you don't you don't see how many people log off from there the number only goes up um but uh there was a record set in 2018 uh by a uh channel called l or e league tv i guess uh it's a twitch uh streaming it had a 1.1 million uh concurrent viewers at one point, um, this was across. I can't. I think it was actually across several channels, but it was all the same event. Um, and then, of course, Ninja set a record for playing Fortnite with Drake uh, for a single <laughs> channel stream, uh, which was uh, six hundred twenty-eight thousand viewers. Although I think that not, that uh, record was broken again uh, later that year. Um, so uh, th- these are the kind of numbers that you would normally expect from a very very popular event, uh, something that's hyped up for months. Uh, this, uh, for, you know, for someone who's just kind of doing it on a whim and it lasts maybe a couple of hours, you probably wouldn't be able to get those numbers. But I think the, uh, the, the numbers shown in the movie definitely hammer home, uh, people's interest in something like this. Uh, so I, I allow it a little bit of leeway there to exaggerate, I think. Well, yeah. And this was also maybe them saying what it could be in the future because they're, they're maybe it's still so new at the time this movie was made. So I guess we can kind of forgive them, but I think it's interesting to look at what really happens to show them how this, as as powerful as this kind of thing seems in the movie, maybe it wouldn't be that powerful. I mean, he could still be killing people and just be like what he treats 1 million viewers like and what real life 1 million viewers is what he treats like 50 million viewers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, So yeah, it is kind of cool to look at the real numbers. Okay. That's all I got. Yeah, okay. Well, and and I think that'll do it. I I feel like we covered it for the most part on this one. I like how this movie was a lot more high concept. Me too. uh, Made it easier to grasp, and it uh, definitely gave me something to think about. Uh, I think it's time for us to deliver our ratings and close this chapter of Apple Chat uh, talking about Untraceable. Do you want to go first? Sure. I give this movie uh, 13 million views, which is just, you know, it's a pretty high number. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's viral that's viral it, 13 any specific reason why 13 not 12 or 14 no it's just it seems like a high number i don't know that's the number that they hit in the movie okay um I, you should go back and look dude they crushed that number 
I'm I think pretty, you're probably right. I uh, was not. Because I was writing it down as well. And I remember the at a certain point, they had 13 million. That was when um, he was killing Griffin, when he was ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. dissolving Griffin in battery acid. Later in that scene, they get to 25 million. And then, like oh, wow. I said, they get to 50 million by the end. So it's... Um, Okay, so thirteen million. I 13 give million. I give this movie a commu- a content strike for violate violating community <laughs> guidelines. <laughs> Beautiful. I did not want to see a lot of the things they showed in here, and uh, for that they get a strike. They get two more chances. Uh, this movie. <laughs> so, uh, but overall, I still liked the experience of watching it. This is a good. This would be like the level of horror or like scary that I'm comfortable with for a viewing like during halloween or something like that you know uh, i think this would be a fun one to bring up especially if nobody's seen it uh, yeah because it's it it's, is uh, it's kind of fun you know it is it's it's a little silly at times but it's, it's it's i think it's pretty memorable and i wish people talked about it more just because i feel like the um the concept is really interesting this is a movie i feel like deserves a remake you know like if they made it again today um, I, I feel like they could have some really interesting things to say. So now there's a movie where I wouldn't mind a Logan Paul cameo <laughs> as one of the victims. No, as the guy. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so amazing! I've upgraded from accidentally filming dead bodies in the forest to killing people on my stream. <laughs> oh boy! All that's right, so, so that's going to cap it off for uh, Untraceable. Uh, so like we promoted earlier, the voicemails, we actually do have a couple of vo- uh, messages that were left for us uh, a couple weeks ago, and we've been meaning to talk about them on the podcast, so we're going to cover that uh, right now. First, uh, so first voicemail here. Hi, listen, hello. Uh, Randy Sanders. Uh, and I'm just curious about what you were uh, listening to at the table. Anyway, this is Randy Sanders. I'm just curious about what you're listening to at the uh, table. Uh, I'll definitely hear about it at uh, your podcast. Oh, and I bought me undies. Thank you for telling me all about me undies. The perfect uh, underwear for guys with normal bodies. I really liked it a lot. Thank you. Again, that's me undies that I got from your link. Thank you. Bye. I have so many questions. <laughs> all right, well, go ahead then. I'm sure our listeners do too. First of all, we're not sponsored by MeUndies. Yes, like, never. That's never happened. No, but you the, just, the you reference, mentioned them once. Yes, the reference is to when me and Cooch Boy were talking about MeUndies because uh, we were talking about their advertising strategy. Right. And I think the implication that our caller is trying to uh, to draw here is that by even referencing them and by talking about the company in detail, I'm in effect advertising on their behalf, right. uh, which is which an idea are. that I think we've wrestled <laughs> with before on the podcast. I've gotten to the point where if that's your belief system, you can't talk about anything that's branded because just the <laughs> mention of anything is, yeah, but this is a public like like recording, you know, like that's that's different than talking it with your friends. Or, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I am referring to you on like a, a podcast or something. And we've gone out of our way to avoid giving away free advertising. Uh, but in that context, I was talking about how this underwear brand is d- showing their product on models who don't have unattainable beauty standards and i'm applauding them for that and if i can't applaud them for that then fine whatever actually not fine i'm still gonna do it because i think the ideas they're pushing are good as well as advertising for their product which i don't think is a bad thing all right fine 
Also, who's Randy Sanders? I don't know. He's one of our listeners, apparently. Um, <laughs> isn't he running for president? Um, <laughs> um, but also, he referenced, he said, you, were, you want to know what I was listening to at the table? Um, I will hold off on answering that until we listen to the next voicemail. So I'll get that. Ooh. Let me play that because it's also, the spoiler alert, going to reference that. So let me play this one. Okay, well, now Hi, Joey. I hope you have a great day. I'm just calling because I'm wondering what Benji Boy Carlson was listening to on his headphones on September 14th, Saturday night at dinner with all his friends at Public House. Pulled out his headphones. Pulled out his headphones. While drinking his mark, he listened to something. So I was just curious about that. Would love if you could address that on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, she dressed me directly. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Yeah, she did. Because uh, Joey's voice is the one that's on the uh, answering machine. When you call our number, 833-600-2428. But, um, okay, so this is the same. She, she put my whole government on watch there by announcing <laughs> the date, the time, where I was. If I ever yes. need a freaking alias for this night, I'll be, or not alias, uh, uh Alibi. Alibi. I'll be just this is, fine. So this is why you want a uh, a screen name. Yes. Yeah. It would be um, <laughs> to hide. <laughs> but okay. So I don't know. I don't know if this story is going to be all that interesting. But it went over really well at uh, Publico, or the, the actual thing that happened. A lot of people paid attention to. So we were eating dinner at Publico, which is a place in um, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, and honestly, the the service was horrible it we were there for so long because Ooh. they kept not bringing us our stuff which is fine because we were all among friends it was after a football game we we're having a great time and i was wearing my fanny pack which i had been wearing all day and we were in the middle of oh, conversation so you are best friends with john rogan what's that you are best friends with joe rogan i am He's always promoting the fanny pack oh really i didn't even know that <laughs> Anyways, I uh, I was wearing a uh, fanny pack and I was reaching in there to get something. I don't remember what I was reaching in there to get, but I saw that I had my headphones in there. And recently I've been working on this, um, I don't know, this bit where I show people that I wear a fanny pack regularly. Like, even though I'm, t I'm talking about it being a bit, it's not a bit that I wear a fanny pack because it's actually functional. And that's the bit. So I guess it is kind of a bit, but anyway, a bit or not, or is it just like fanny packs. <laughs> well, the thing is, I used to think that wearing a fanny pack, you were making a statement. You're like, look at this silly thing I've got around you my are. waist, you know. But and once I did that a couple of times, I realized how functional it is to have a pocket that's larger than the, your pants pockets to hold things that maybe weren't meant to be in your pants pocket. I mean, women do it all the time. They carry around a purse and look at all the things they regularly have access to as a result of that. So why don't so, you carry a purse? Well, I could potentially, but I don't have a purse. I have a fanny pack. And okay. inside my fanny pack, I have things that I otherwise wouldn't be able to carry around very easily. Uh, so I was reaching in my fanny pack and I pulled out my headphones in the middle of other people talking about stuff. I wasn't trying to get, like, gather attention by this. Um, and then I plugged it into my phone and put one of the earbuds in my ear and I was going to 
well, and before I could do anything, everyone stopped and they're like, what are you doing? Why do you have that headphone in your ear? What, what's going on here? We're, we're sitting at the dinner table. Why are you suddenly listening to like something? What are you listening to? And like feeling totally attacked, I tried to just play it off. I was like, what are you guys talking about? Whatever. And I tried to like continue the conversation as if nothing had happened. And the more I did that, the more people demanded to know exactly why I had put this headphone in my ear. Uh, and, and to tell you the truth, there wasn't a real reason. I wasn't listening to anything i was just trying to flex on the fact that because of my fanny pack i can do something that no one else could which was pull headphones out i was just trying to bring up another i was really just trying to introduce my bit about <laughs> fanny packs but i couldn't even get to it because of the, the outrage that came from yeah, the rest of the table the, the wrong way right, like you need, to, you need to carry something unusual headphones are not unusual sure and maybe headphones it, can fit in your pocket this bit is still very much in the workshopping stage if you had like um like with their earbuds right yes That's what you're, yeah, yeah. Right? if you carry actual headphones which i don't even know would fit in the fanny pack it would definitely fit in a purse though if you just pulled out some headphones then someone would be like where did you even get those and you could be like ah i'm so glad you asked you know well, still, not, still not great though you no know, you're right you're Maybe right. a separate and t-shirt you it's, know? An, it's not a finished bit yet um, but the response I got by just putting a, a earbud in was enough for me to just not, I just left it as a mystery the whole time. So much of a mystery that two of the people at the table picked up their phone and called Affable Chat to try to get to the bottom of this. Um, and uh, sorry to disappoint, it wasn't really a good reason, which is all the more, you know, <laughs> that, which is reason enough for me to not tell anybody at the table why I had just done that. Eventually, I just unplugged them, put them back, and pretended like nothing had happened. Uh, so there you go. The long-awaited answer to what I was listening to at the table was literally nothing. Uh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, but thanks for calling in. Uh, see, these are the types yes. of things that would never get answered if people didn't pick up the phone and call That's, our, you're uh, absolutely right. our voicemail at 833-600-2428. Yes, that's 833 600 chat call us anytime call us anytime the, the line About is always anything. open yes <laughs> clearly uh, we'll play it on the on the on the air and we'll get to the bottom of whatever you're asking about or whatever you're commenting on um but okay so that's our voicemails thank you guys thank you to randy sanders and our other caller for calling in um and feel free to call us anytime you want joey what's next on affable chat the next movie we're doing is muppet treasure island yes this one was actually some uh one of our followers tweeted at us and uh, requested that we do this movie so that'll be coming up in the near future um that our next movie episode will be that although our next episode will likely be off script so it um it'll be soon very soon but i'm excited about that i love the muppets and we haven't done the muppets yet so i can't wait to talk about them and uh, you know miss piggy fozzy bear tea lizard like all my favorite muppets are going to be there and it's going to be amazing uh <laughs> so don't forget to uh subscribe to us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast we're on all the platforms Yes, and wherever platform you get us on, leave us a review. It really helps us grow. You can reach us on our vo uh, voicemail or on Twitter at Apple Chat or send us an email, AppleChat at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel. It's called Just search for Apple Chat. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Affable Chat. Uh, untraceable. Pretty good movie. Uh, some questions about it, but I had yeah. a good time watching it and I'm talking about it. I'm glad you liked it. it. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. So, uh, yes. Um, so that's going to do it uh, for Affable Chat. I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at AffableChat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.